Because when I was a little kid, in our family, we had You mean when you were just a little boy? When I was a little boy, when I was just a little boy, we only had seven records. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because it's horrible, and it's fun because it's <laughs> this nostalgia. So I really enjoyed myself watching it last night. <laughs> and my seven-year-old's like, what are you watching, Daddy? I want to watch it. And so he's watching it with me, and he's like, Daddy, this doesn't make any sense. He's a grown man. Why is he talking about not being born yet? And then I'm like, oh, he, he doesn't understand anything about my history. And that, that, that kind of made me sad in a weird way. And so because of the, the hippies are, are going to take over the universe if the Mormons don't stand up and be the valiant ones in the end. You know? Wait, so the stage play, the baddies are, the, are hippies? They are just kind of... Yeah. Whereas in the 89, they're like the baddies from... Like saved by the bell. Even though they feel this emptiness, like there's one more that's supposed to come, and we know that there's one more because we saw her in the pre-existence, and she made Jimmy promise that she's he, so cute that he would let her come. <laughs> you know, as as big brothers often control what their parents. Because she was the last do. one, and what yeah. if they choose not to? Yeah. She'd have to go to another family, not her real family. Right? A she'll have to go to like Zimbabwe or something, and, uh, <laughs> or Calcutta, right. and uh, and have to deal with Mother Teresa. So this is, this and, is and, the, the, and the play explicitly says that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the, there's that like woman it's the matron. Like, it certainly makes Earth life a lot easier. Now, you know, <laughs> you get more Mormon. <laughs> Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 609, which is a throwback to uh, episode 169 that was originally released March 29th, 2015, nearly five years ago. And in this episode, you have myself, John Hamer, Randy Snyder, and Matt Long waxing uh, nostalgic about Mormon doctrine put to music Saturday's Warrior let's just get right to it it's a fun one I hope you enjoy this uh, little jump into the time capsule Essential piece of art that demonstrates the kitsch nature of, of basically of Mormon art. It's so kitschy. It's so not challenging of the human condition. It's so uh, such pablum. It, so what do you think about it? Was it so, do you like it? I like it. I like it. Does it have a lot of depth for you? <laughs> There's good culture and bad culture, and, right. and uh, this is this is bad culture. It's so just, what are we going to do, yeah. John? You're, you're the one who said, "Let's do this." You're the director, okay. really, the director, yeah. producer. Yeah. Well, the idea of this thing is it's a sing-along smackdown. So we're just going to take each song by song by song, and then everybody gets parts, and then through the thing we can, you know, the, the singing is probably going to be, you know. 
all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's acapella, folks. <laughs> it's acapella. <laughs> and then, anyway, as the mood takes us, you know, if we we, are, we find ourselves singing something crazy, we may want to comment on that. Yeah. And if it becomes so, tedious, <laughs> we're sorry, but you guys are the yeah. ones choosing to listen to this. Right. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'll, I'll take the blame for this thing. And so if this is a, is this is like the Hindenburg and that this brings the whole infants on throne <laughs> thing down, you know, oh, I mean, you can play, you can just always say, Hammer, ah, oh, Hammer. <laughs> should never have let you in. I didn't know about this ahead of time when we were like betting him. <laughs> what is going on? What happened? We never did this before. Smack. 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 on thrones, the philosophies of men mingled with humans, we are the core. So do, do we want to give any background as to what Saturday's <coughs> Warrior was or is, who wrote it, what the whole, you know, the whole cultural phenomenon of it? It tells you in the movie, in the Star Wars-like scrolling... <laughs> yes. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a really shitty roadshow. Yeah, that's really what that 89 recreation is. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, doesn't it say something like hearts were touched, lives were chained, children were welcomed, or something like that? It looked like something from Sesame Street in slow motion with the kids in the playground and on the swings. And... Oh, yeah. Did, and then oh. did you notice? What's the naked, with the naked guy in his face? Yes! Yeah, right. <laughs> First of all, everybody's got tank tops on. Yeah. Everybody. And, and then they've got a long-haired guy, a shirtless long-haired guy with a bandana on, like <laughs> kissing a baby. It's the weirdest image. It looks like awkward family, awkward family <laughs> it's photos. Awkward family <laughs> photos. Yeah. You see it at Sears photo, uh, the, the photo place. I guess one of their examples. But it's hard. It's hard for me to watch that '89 or to even listen to the the songs on the '89 because I I grew up and I guess it was really my late teens and and on my mission that I that I really fell in love with the Saturday's Warrior soundtrack. But it was the '74, I think, the original cast recording was was one of the only things that we were allowed to listen to on my mission. And I don't even know if technically we were allowed to do it or if we just said that we were. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I listened to that all the time and. Had this huge voice crush on the girl who sang the the Pam parts, and so so you know, like the '89 cast doesn't really hold a candle to me to the the, the original, right. but and and I'm in the same boat as you. So so when I I, I knew the '70s, who was one, your voice crush on, John? Oh, I, I didn't have a voice crush. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the, in terms of though, uh, in terms of not knowing the, I mean, I've never seen the actually the video, the '80s video. And every time I listen to the soundtrack of that, I, I, it always upsets me because I know the other one so well because when I was a little kid in our family, we had You mean when s- you were just a little boy? When I was a little boy. When I was just a little boy, we only had seven records. <laughs> <laughs> and and like that's all we Smothers had. Brothers. No, I mean, it was, it was the soundtrack to The Sound of Music, to Fiddler on the Roof, boy, to Saturday's Warrior. The first thing that we ever had that was rock music was my sister's got Michael Jackson's thriller <laughs> on an album. That's awesome. <laughs> so really, we had nothing, you know. And so anyway, this was just one of the very few records that we listened to constantly. And yeah. so I like know every every word of this thing. 
So my Saturday's Warriors, I've never, I never heard of it or really listened to it at all until my mission. And then on my mission, it was the only tape, the cassette in the first apartment that I was in. And I was so starved for music after going through the MTC and, you know, they tell you you can't take any music in that, that I just listened to it nonstop. And then at the next apartment, we had the video and we'd watch. So, uh, so the first little bit being exposed to it on the soundtrack and then it went to watching it a couple times a month uh, on the mission. So the 89 uh, stage player, the, the movie is what I'm most familiar with and, but it's isolated to my, to my mission. Loved it. I, I mean, I've probably seen it now many dozens of times, <laughs> but you also enjoy Like when you watched it, in preparation for this, you enjoyed it. I did. It I makes you such a freak. <laughs> it did. So weird. If, so if, disappointing. If, all, if, if it all, it got better because <laughs> goofiness of it, because I'm both laughing at it and genuinely enjoying it in this weird, nostalgic yeah. way. Yeah. So it's fun because it's horrible and it's fun because it's it, this nostalgia. So yeah. I really enjoyed myself watching yeah. it last night. <laughs> I, I, I forced my, my wife and my daughters to sit down and watch it. And they, they just kept looking at me like what? And I said, Hey, we have spared you hours and hours and hours of having to go to church. So you can sit here and just watch this for an hour or two. All right. Well, it's, that was a trade like, It's like an hour and 55 minutes, which I was shocked that it was that long. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> and it feels like two and a half, three. <laughs> it does feel long, I'll, I'll say long. that. Well, just yeah. imagine how long this podcast is going to be. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for it, folks. You're up. Were you going to give your background, Randy? Yeah, so my the story in my family, I'm one of seven kids. Um, and so my oldest Are brother. these children? Oh, go. Jesus Christ. Well, seven kids, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. And this family had seven kids. And the oldest is named Jimmy, yeah. just like my oldest brother. Wow. Um, and uh, so uh, my older brother is eight and a half years older than me. So the family got a hold of the 1974 version when I was probably like six or seven. But my older brother was like 15 or 16. And uh, he was a, he's always been a music snob. So for him to, to have my – and there's three sisters in between me and him – the three sisters had this fucking audio, uh, you know, tape on a loop in our house, <laughs> to the point where my my brother uh, went insane and finally finally stole it and hid it, and no one ever found it. I mean, he he got rid of the body, <laughs> and and I and, and then that became family lore that Jimmy stole the right the Jimmy. like. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, we oh. love you. Why have yes. you done <laughs> that? Uh, Remember your promise, Jimmy. Your <laughs> <laughs> sister Kelly won't be bored if you don't do Why? Why did you keep that promise? So then uh, now I got a, you know, then I have a baby sister who's eight years younger than me. Um, I'm the fifth. She's the seventh. My parents really slowed down having kids the last three. Uh, instead of every other year, it was uh, every four years. Because Jimmy so my, was giving them so much shit for it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so my little sister gets a hold of the 1989. And remember, this This is when I'm like a junior in high school. And she plays that 89 um, play that we that we watch in preparation on a loop. Like, she did the same thing with Little Mermaid, but she did it with <laughs> Saturday's Warrior. 
And I knew that Laura Jimmy, I'm like, I'm doing it again. <laughs> so I stole it from her and I, and, I, and I got rid of the body and I never found the body. Uh, and so that was kind of that. And then, um, you where's know, Glenn, the, remember, where's the little mermaid tape? <laughs> I don't know. I probably did the same <laughs> that. She was, she was insufferable with, with having to watch something over and over and over again. And, uh, and so then, uh, fast forward when I'm a father and my, at the time, seven year old, uh, I, we come home from dinner and I'm just feeling nostalgic and I, and I pull up that play and it's the pre-existent scene, of course, cause that's the beginning. And my seven year old's like, what are you watching daddy? I want to watch it. And so he's watching it with me and he's like, Daddy, this doesn't make any sense. He's a grown man. Why is he talking about not being born yet? And then I'm like, oh, he, he doesn't understand anything about my history. And that, that kind of made me sad in a weird way. Because he didn't get the preexistence. He didn't get the had, idea of it. Yeah, to him, that, that's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever seen, Dad. He's already yeah. born. He's a man. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that, That's one of the things. I mean, in going through this, reflecting on it, it is crazy. Right. So in other words, when we get to that, I mean, just even the framing of this thing. But anyway, it's, go ahead. It's <laughs> so, so last night when I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite the bullet and watch this, this uh, piece of shit. But uh, Jen was out on a girls' night out, so I, it was me, just me and the kids. And and I'm like, hey, Lincoln, remember this? You thought it was really weird. You want to watch it with me? He's like, no, Dad, that's too weird. And he would not watch it. He wouldn't even like sit next to me when I was watching it. So let, let's let's just give a really quick summary of what this thing is about and then launch into it. Yeah. A family is in the preexistence. A family and others are in the preexistence. <laughs> and they're talking about how they're going to, going to Earth and they're preparing for their Earth life and that they're going to be together as a family and as as – boyfriend girlfriend and the relationships are going to con- that were that existed in the pre-existence will continue on earth and then forever and so then they come to earth and they're a family with uh with a big family with problems well one problem and that's jimmy who's <laughs> trying to figure out his way in life with his friends who aren't really good influences and he kind of goes away goes wayward yeah, and in the original, it's the the friends are you know counterculture. So it's essentially Mormons are seeing themselves as like you know actual millennial warriors here at Saturday's Warrior, the end of the last dispensation. You know, the end of the world is about to arrive, and the sign of the times are hippies, right? This is the end. And so, because of the the hippies are are going to take over the universe if the Mormons don't stand up and 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 be the valiant ones in the end, you know. Wait, so the stage play, the baddies are the are hippies. They are just kind of is that yeah. is that how they, it was portrayed? Yeah. Whereas in the '89, I think I pointed out that they're like the baddies from like Saved by the Bell. And like if Saved by the Bell was trying to do a George Michael lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, for, and, for, and for some reason, yeah, he did, he did look like George Michael. Yeah. And, and for some reason, uh, uh, Jimmy's little brother is like a poor man's screech. He's like a screech. Same difference. Yeah, so then there's a couple of sub stories. There's two missionaries that are really pompous and pompous in the pre existence and pompous in. Uh, you know, mortality, and then there's the one of the sisters and her eternal soulmate. Then they have to find each other, 
um, and and the soulmate becomes the convert of the missionaries, and you know. And the soulmate, is, I mean, sorry, and the missionary is also the one of the daughters, the daughter who is the soulmate. Yeah, he gets they're, dear they're, John for the guy. Yeah, they're like, it's a it's a love triangle, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's a little it's a little uh, uh, Dickin Dickinsonian where there's these interact inter inter relationships amongst. Uh, amongst people, right? Yeah, like uh, tied up with a, a a delicate bow at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the love triangle is the missionary who converts the guy, uh, loses his his love of his life to the guy he converts, right? and and the main conflict is that uh, Jimmy's friends are saying that. Uh, Jimmy's family is too big with their six kids, and so Jimmy starts giving his parents all kinds of crap about how many kids they've had, to the point where the parents, even though they feel this emptiness, like there's one more that's supposed to come, and we know that there's one more because we saw her in the preexistence, and she made Jimmy promise that, she's he, so cute. that he would let her come, <laughs> you know, as, as big brothers often control what their parents Because she was the last do. one, and what yeah. if they choose not to? Yeah. She'd have to go to another family, not her real family. Right, a she'll have to go to, like, Zimbabwe or something. And, uh, <laughs> or Calcutta. Right. And, uh, and have to deal with Mother Teresa. So this is, this and, is and, the, the, and the play explicitly says that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the, there's that, like, womanly matron. matron. Like, it certainly makes Earth life a lot easier, now, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you right. get born Mormon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always said that this this play, this musical has prompted more doctrinal debates and discussion than almost anything else that has ever been produced. I was going to say by the church, but it's not really by the church. They didn't sanction it. It's Lex Diazavedo did the music. I don't know who wrote it, but it, it's it's it really has on my mission the the debates, the doctrinal debates would be centered around these types of thing, these the the themes that are discussed in this movie. So. Well, it was a it was a BYU theater student who wrote it. His name's Douglas something, and he he he'd never written anything before. I don't think this is maybe the second thing that he he'd written, and it just Doug, took off. <clears throat> Doug Stewart. Doug Stewart. It just, and I know yeah. I mean I know that for example where I when I was a kid that was in our stake they produced it as a as a a show for missionary outreach. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I like like with with all the doctrinal uh, debates that you say, Matt, it it touched a nerve, you know. So it it that's what made this thing successful. I mean, I I actually like Lex Diazavedo's music. I I I do like that. Um, it's not totally horrible, but uh, it's it's those messages and reinforcing that identity, and I think also the timing because this is all like leading up to. Y2K, you know, in the, the 70s and the 80s, and, uh, you know, we're, we're the Saturday, I, you know, I remember We were saved for latter days. That if, <laughs> if the whole world was a clock, then we were born at like 11.59 yeah. p.m. and 59 seconds. Right. It, right. You know? it is a Except clock, in, and right. it's a clock is ticking on. Right, Yeah. <laughs> And Except on, it and was on and on and on. And on. Seventy-four. Forever that was the Saturday's Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, Eighty-nine, ninety-nine. Now we're at twenty-fifteen. We're all Saturday's <laughs> Warriors. Yeah. We're we're the royal generation, just like the other twelve that came before us. I I, I thought as a teenager that twenty-fifteen would be when Christ would come, because it would surprise everyone. It would be it would be long enough after two thousand that people would you know kind of fall away and just forget about it, and then he'd be able to surprise everybody. So it still could happen. Sneaky no. Jesus. It's right. <laughs> All right. Wait for you guys to fall asleep. 
Hold on, I, I got something to say. That the I haven't been able to get in since you guys never shut up. But <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 talking about Matt's uh, claim about the the doctrinal debates, uh, you know, Mormonism is, is so shallow in what it delivers on Sunday that uh, so somebody took the the general narrative of the Mormon Church and they took some creative license and splashed it up on a screen. And we saw this with the Book of Mormon, Volume 1. When you take the Book of Mormon and splash it up into real-world situations, it just brings so hollow and absurd. If he should command me to say, Under this water be thou earth, and I should say it, it would be earth. You have become as beasts in the field. You would kill your own brother? Where's your God now, Nephi? Where is he? You've just seen an angel! How can you still doubt... And then, so now, you get, okay, Mormons believe in the preexistence. Now somebody's trying to portray that on the big screen. And it's, they got, uh, you know, fog machines to, for the floor, and people are wearing scrubs. And, it's, and, and for some reason, the, the, these missionaries are hanging out with this family of seven. Uh, and, and it's just like, it's so absurd because it, once you take it to the second level, once you take almost any doctrine of Mormonism at the second level, it, it just comes off, it just falls flat on its face and looks stupid. Right. And, and that, that's what it felt like to me. It's like, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to make it real, and when they do that, it, it blows up in their face. Jing, Was that a downer? Jing, Jing. I think the I'm ready. For, I think we're ready for the opening song. Okay. All right. So is this in the in the stage play? Um, in the stage play, how how is the first song presented? Because in the in the movie, it's kind of weird. It's just this montage of pictures of kids playing, and who doesn't and, love to see kids play? Yeah, playing <laughs> on a on a playground or something. It's just, it's just like a pedophile's wet dream. Just kind of. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so the what? So the, so the original play is like it was designed to supposed to be like like a concept play, and so they had like a stage that was like at three different levels. But it wasn't. It was designed to be like modern concept, so there wasn't any like real backgrounds. It wasn't supposed to be realistic. They didn't like make a house or something like that, you know. And so there was like like three stages that were circles at different levels, and the, so the people could be at different levels. And some people are in heaven, and some people are on the ground, and that kind of thing. And then like even for the stage direction, uh, when we we're going to get to these people in the pre-existence, they're not in scrubs. I don't know what the '80s people are dressed in, but it was like these. Um, uh, I don't know, like these these robes or or tight there was like it was kind of halfway between wearing a unitard and halfway you know like a, <laughs> wearing a um like a robe that's flowing off of you in different colors and so it says spot up on todd and julie dressed in glorious clothing of brilliant color anything but white so even so they're like just because it's pre-existence doesn't mean they have to be in white you know so anyway that's kind of like the stage direction for the which, which seems like a departure you think that i'll be in white right well, this 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 was a modern production. You know, they they were right. beyond that that kind of literalism. White and green. <laughs> They're edgy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just starts. You know, so the singer, the female soloist that Glenn's going to be the female female soloist, oh, just starts, and then and then the chorus joins in. All right, let me get let me get the uh, the pitch oh. here. Wait, who's the sopranos and altos? I'm, I'm ready. Well, we'll just we'll just do, we'll just all do full chorus. I mean, sopranos and altos, we'll just all sing. Okay. Who are these children coming down, coming down like gentle rain through darkened skies? Do you want me to do it higher? 
With glory trailing from their feet as they go, <laughs> and endless promise in their eyes. How are we going to stop and like? We've skipped over so many crazy things. But stand to fight the world alone. Yeah, we're raising a generation that will fight the world, man. Well, and just this idea. I mean, right at the beginning, the question: Who are these children coming down? You know, like so. This framework of like trying to say what is having? How does what does it mean when somebody has a baby? Where do babies come from? But it's like. Their children are coming down like gentle rain. <laughs> yeah, through <laughs> no, dark and dark skies. and ominous skies. Yeah, yeah the, like the kid that's born uh, in in, in um, you know an abusive family is coming down like gentle rain, <laughs> or or in Africa, or is that is that more of like uh, hail? <laughs> I just I like the image of like beam me down, Scotty. It's like pew 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 pew. <laughs> That was in the play. In the movie, rather. Right. They materialized. Yeah, the the yeah, yeah, we're gonna call we're gonna call the eighty nine one movie and the other one play. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And that you know, like, who will not bend? They won't bend with the wind or the change, which I think is a terrible lyric. The wind or the change. Like that doesn't even what is that I don't know. But <laughs> but was that, a change, was that, was change that, problem. That's the, the counterculture, right? This, you know, this, change. this was an issue with me in my failed marriage, okay? Because, like, when I would go to therapy with that first old wife of mine, she would tell the, the, the therapist that, you know, like, I've, I've just changed so much. Like, I'm not the person that I was when we were married. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's just a phase and I'll come back to how I used to be. But but I'm thinking I've been through graduate school. I've, you know, like I've experienced the world. Like, isn't change a good thing? But there's like this value of and I think it, it probably goes back to when Lehi sat down with whichever it was, Layman and Lemuel, and said, if only you were like this mountain, firm and unchangeable in the ways of God, you know, it's like. If, if you're only like, if only you were like this, this wadi, ever flowing, and the wadi never since <laughs> runs out of water, yeah. and it will flow forever into the Red Sea without ever drying up, because yeah. wadis never dry up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, once, I once got into an argument with a TBM girl that I went uh, that I grew up with in the ward, and she hated my guts because she thought I was spread, uh, spreading uh, seeds of doubt amongst all the, our former people that were in our ward. And she just attacked me like a witch from an alley and jumped on my back and started scratching and clawing on me. <laughs> and I wasn't even talking about religion. I was talking about politics. And she tried to use it against me that I had changed my yeah, mind. Right. Mm, wow. That, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an indication that, that uh, you're weak. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, cause exactly. just like the lyrics of the song here, you right. know. Because your, your first impression, you didn't stick with that, you know, upon reflection <laughs> and learning more. Because that's virtuous to, to just <laughs> stick with the first thing you learn. Right. And so, yep. so stubbornness um, becomes this virtue and like, like a, a, a lack of willingness to really try to listen and learn and empathize with other people that have a different perspective than you. That's all slippery slope. 
tricky that's throughout throughout the lyrics of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. I mean, this val- the, that's just sung home. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the change of the world. the The world has progressed, and you stand firm to fight the world yeah. alone. Yep. But you also see it in politics when a, when a politician, like at one point in their career, is pro life, and the next another point in their career, they're pro pro choice. They're called a flip flopper. So you see yeah. it in American culture too. Yeah. You can't. Your well, politicians aren't allowed to change their mind. Well, the yeah. concept of conservative is kind of funny. It's like, no, we want things to be like they always were. Yeah. It's it's it, that 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 the idea that progressive is a pejorative or that liberal is a pejorative. And as you get a little older, you think, well, I I, I think I want to progress as I get more information. And those who reject it, that's that's yeah. really a reflection on that. that. That was definitely a paradigm shift for me when when I went, oh no, to to change your mind and and grow and progress and learn. That, that's actually more of a value than to not, you know, that, right. that was a recognizable paradigm shift for me. But do you know who these people are that are coming down? <laughs> do you know who they are? Yeah, let's find out. These because are here's the a, okay, yeah, a, 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 a safe for Saturday, To win the battle raging in Does that totally not work? What's going on? This is great listening. This is great podcasting that we're putting out right now. These poor, poor listeners. I'm sorry. So, I mean, we've got we we sung through a bunch of stuff. The the few, the warriors. Who they are. Or why they're here? Yeah, that's what are the, the biggest th- thing? Three questions: well, Who you, yeah. why you're here, where you came from, where you're going. Right? That is yeah. super powerful stuff, though. I mean, like we can mock it all day long, but that is really, really psychologically powerful to 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 believe that you have the answer to why you're really here and what this is all about. And... Except for the answer is totally unsatisfying. I mean that's the only problem with it. I mean, yeah. So you have a you have the you have the big question, and then you have a really easy little simplistic answer. I mean, well, don't, I mean at a certain point, not... don't you like get that answer, and you're like, meh. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Well, Glenn, you Glenn, you and I talked about this uh, when I was when you had d- done that um, that uh, disciple after dark yeah, episode, right. and uh, one of the hymns that you parodied. I looked up the lyrics while I was um, w- waiting in the airport hope, to fly hope back. Of Israel, yeah. Yeah, hope of Israel. It was just like. In- it was so disturbing how uh, how many war metaphors there were yeah. and the violence. Yeah. It's, it's like we are here to fucking kick ass right. <laughs> to pierce their soft flesh, like you put in your song, Glenn. Yeah. Here's warriors, fighter, you know, right. uh, might and wind, battle raging. Well, the next uh, part's armor. <laughs> and armor. And, the yes. next line's coming up. And, I'm surprised they don't have take no prisoners and uh, waterboarding. And 
Well, we get <laughs> well, we get to Harry Carey, so that I mean, we actually get to suicide bombers or whatever, right? So, oh, that's gonna be good, yeah. Well, you've got so, you've got the sunbright armor. They march forth to conquer all, and with their swords ablaze with fire, watch the darkness watch fall. Watch the darkness yeah. fall. But first, sure they, they must James learn who, why they're here and who they really are. <laughs> they must. So they're not just going to pierce flesh. They're going to singe it. And yeah. yeah, they're just going to... Maybe it cauterizes the wound when you stab them. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, that's, these are the strong, the warriors rising in their might to win the battle raging in the hearts of men on Saturday. There you go. It's a battle. The first conflict that they're going to come across is that they have to leave the pre-existence and they're going to forget who they are, which they right. don't explain why or like how that's a like the, it doesn't go in into that in any depth. You, no, the play doesn't either. Oh, no, the play like, doesn't. Okay. Like it doesn't explain why this is like they, they talk about how dangerous it is, but they don't say, well, why would God put us in such a dangerous position? Why do we have to do it this way? It's not interested in exploring those kinds of questions. It's just taking well, it as a given. And because I, as a father, I mean, one of my responsibilities is to take my kids to a busy highway and push them out to see if they can figure out uh, how, to, how to navigate. I hope that they navigate and pick right. You know, without, without any memory, though. You're, but you take away their memory before you push them, right? I mean, or whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. But this part... This part of it is so weird, especially as, as Saturday's Warrior presents it, which is you are uh, predestined, foreordained, whatever you want to say, to uh, your, your, your family set, your loved one is set, your wife is set in the preexistence. And if it, if it works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hope you find each other. And this is the angst. Yeah. They, they start talking about the angst that they have of what if – you end up finding some other girl, and we don't find each other, which leads us to Todd and Julie, and really the family as well. Kind of the, this—that is the angst of everyone—is that what is set in the pre-existence will not somehow come to be yeah. in in the earth. Well, so you just have to—you have to be very attuned and faithful in your in your mortal life, and and you know, to, to Randy's object lesson of pushing your children out into the street. My my dad didn't come too far from doing that with me when I was five years old. He took me out. He took me out into the Arizona desert and he put me in this cactus patch and he blindfolded me. Oh and he God, said, God. he said, OK, I will I will guide you out. But you have to listen to my voice and you have oh to obey what I'm saying. And I, like at five at five. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was six or seven. I don't know. Does it make that big he really a difference? Did that? Oh wow! Yeah, well, and I, and I, I ended know. up stepping like I, 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 a, a choya cactus, jumping cactus that he didn't see yeah, this little burr the on the ground. Because he didn't see he everything. Couldn't, he couldn't see it, and like, he wasn't all knowing. Plus, he says go right, and I'm a little kid, and I go left, or I go like right at a 67 degree angle instead of a 45 degree <laughs> angle, you know, <laughs> or whatever, and I ended right. up kicking something. Well, and, uh, I didn't trust him. <laughs> when I was seven, I had to look at my hands to tell which way was left and right. Yeah, you know, because I had like a wart on my left, left hand, right, and that's yeah. how I could tell. Yeah, I was I was pretty good though. <laughs> well, I was pretty smart. Yeah, they used to do that, that to father me. and sons, where they do the coal, the coal pit, and oh, listen to me. And we had the kid that would was blindfolded, and and, and he's just like, oh, Dad, really? I do not trust you. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'd never heard of that with the father and son's outing with with coal on the ground, and they would have people yeah, walk so through they, it barefoot. Yeah, they take the coal, they take the coals, and they do 
you know, just a multiple piles in this path and you had to, they had to navigate it. And the dad would, was explaining to the kid blindfold. Yeah. Uh, with their, uh, barefoot how to navigate through there. And this no kid was way. just like, I do not trust you. I'm not doing this. And he did actually set the, <laughs> the trail. So they're really close together. So it would have been really difficult. <laughs> Next song. Lover. All right. So I will be playing Todd. And, and I will be lover playing will... the role of Julie. <laughs> and Randy, you were you were the matron and the female chorus. <laughs> <laughs> You're the matron. The matron. The matron. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, I'm that I'm that chick that like like uh, has the busybody. Yes, that sometimes screws up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I've seen that smile somewhere before. I've heard that voice before. It seems we've talked like like this this before. before. Sometime who can be certain when? But if I knew you then, it's strange. I can't remember. Feelings come so very strong, like we've known each other so long. The circle of our love is more than just the rising sun that sets. The circle of our love, it goes forever. The circle of our love begins with now and every promised dream. In God's eternal plan, it goes forever. The circle of our love extends beyond the reach of time. Beyond the span of days and years, it goes forever. Sorry, Matt. The circle okay. of our love is found in every warm and tender thing that lips may breathe or hearts may beat forever. Todd Richards. Oh, that's me. <laughs> and the young lady? Oh, she won't be going down for another year or so. Everything's okay, I hope. Oh, shit. My screen skipped. <laughs> oh, there's nothing to be wor- nervous about. Brother Richards, millions have gone before, and millions have yet to go. Just be grateful that you're among the valiant. It's certainly... <laughs> it's like a Muppet. <laughs> it sounds like the matronly Muppet. <laughs> no, this is the best line. I know. It, it, okay, okay, i got to gather <laughs> It certainly makes Earth life a lot easier, you know. Now yeah, then, if you'll just follow me, please... I meant what I said, Julie. I will find you. And I'll be waiting, Todd. I promise. Brother Richards! (laughs) The circle of our love extends beyond Beyond the reach of time. Oh, the lag. Beyond the span of days and years The circle, the circle of our love is found in every, every woman tender, tender thing. thing 
that lips may breathe or heart may beat forever. Brother Richard! Forever and ever. Forever. Forever and ever. Forever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Like Matt, Matt's like a full three quarters of a second behind. Am I really? (laughs) It's painful. It's because Matt's computer came out about the same time that the movie did. (laughs) That's not entirely true. Yeah, it was an '89. He's got an Apple IIc. Something I don't know. And this is when you talk about debates. We had we had some of the most intense debates on the mission about this right here, whether or not the woman. That you were to marry was whether you were predestined or foreordained, whatever the hell the, the Mormon concept is, predestined to marry that woman and how critical it was to find the one. And that's what this reinforced is is the idea of there is one and you better choose correctly, damn it, because otherwise you've screwed everything up. And that's totally, totally contradicted in the miracle of forgiveness. I read Miracle of Forgiveness because I couldn't stop masturbating on my mission. And uh, th- there was – Ever? There... Like at all? <laughs> like you just, you I was masturbating like, all wow. day. Wild, wild tracting. How did you eat? <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of blisters though. He got semen on his Cheerios. <laughs> but, oh, man. This is so bad. Thanks for taking that to the next level, Matt. That's what we needed. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Spencer Kimball's uh, totally uh, – I'm going to use the word air quotes – debunked the, the doctrine that there's one person uh, for every one other person uh, and, uh, and said that, that any that, two yeah. – any two – any one man and any one woman – and of course – uh, sorry, sorry, Hamer. Uh, no, no gay people. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm familiar with the miracle. <laughs> <I'm> where? <laughs> John still hasn't stopped masturbating. The gays? Is that what you're telling me, Randy? Yeah, boy, Matt, I don't know how I'm not gay with how much I masturbated. But uh, any one man and one woman who are righteous enough can create an eternal union. He right. hated the idea of of. Uh, believing in this fate and only one person for for any other one person. And I think it's a damaging idea. It's a damaging concept that was perpetuated by Saturday's Warrior where just because it created this expectation both before and after being married that this is this not only is the person that I chose in this life but this was the person that we that we were together for eternities before, you know. But that's it's a right. very it's a very like romantic thought, and you know who's going to be the wet blanket when you've got a, a potential spouse who's totally in love with this idea, and you're like, eh, it's probably bullshit. <laughs> like, all right, I'll find yeah. somebody else. <laughs> this is where you need to put in Tim mentions. If I didn't have you, I'd probably have someone else. <laughs> equally nice, or maybe not as nice, but say. I'll get right on that. No, no you good. won't. It's a good song, dude. I'll send, <laughs> no, I'll send you. you uh, I'll send you the YouTube. <laughs> Don't placate me. <laughs> this is going to take forever. I know. Now, it doesn't matter. We're, we're Jimmy and Pam. Right. Here they go. Because okay, we go from boyfriend girlfriend. 
Yeah. Yeah, we All go right. from boyfriend girlfriend now to to the to the nuclear family. Was it a little creepy? I mean, like looking talking about that yes. eighty nine movie. They're they're like got this Saturday Night Live version of Donnie and Marie going on here, where they're like a little bit <laughs> too right. familiar with each other, and yeah. their like special like, sign is like tapping each other on the inner thigh. Yeah, that was a very intimate yeah. move. It was very, you know, I you you say Donnie Marie. I was thinking kind of the Greg and Marcia from the Brady Bunch movie, where they're kind of hot for each other. It's kind of mm. like that. Yeah. yeah, but they weren't biological brother and sister. What? Yeah, Greg and Marcia weren't. Yeah, right. Yeah, Pam, oh, yeah, Pam yeah, and gotcha, Jimmy, gotcha. Uh, J- Jimmy and Pam are, are womb mates. <laughs> it's like in the yes. like in the Saturday in the Saturday Night Live of the Brady Bunch, you know, where the the Jan is said, you know, they, when they meet up with the Partridge family and they're like, "We're, we're all lovers." Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> I, don't remember that one. <laughs> I guess I'm too young to remember that. <laughs> that what, what do they call it when you combine two episodes? Uh, Anyway. Oh yeah, crossover or whatever. Crossover, yeah, the crossover. I never saw that one. So, so this next song, I don't know. We'll, we'll maybe like pick excerpts from it. We'll, we'll go ahead and perform the whole thing. But um, th- this is when the family still in the preexistence. They're lamenting all of the horrible afflictions that could beset them uh, upon their uh, venture into mortality. And so we've got uh, Jimmy. It starts with Jimmy and Pam. Okay. I want I want to sing Jimmy because it's my brother's name. And Glenn, why don't you sing Pam? <laughs> it's only appropriate because my brother's name is Jimmy, and and Glenn had a crush on Pam. So yeah. I mean, oh well, that makes all the talk about. Lo- Thank you for that logical explanation. Right. Randy. Yeah. It was it was preordained. <laughs> right. Exactly. Go, Randy. Go. What'll we do when the going gets tough and the journey is rough? What'll we do? Courage take for goodness sake. And when you're out of courage and we're ready to break. We've got a father and mother, sister and brother. Pulling together, we can work it out. What'll I do if I stutter a lot and it's hard to talk? What'll I do? Courage take for goodness sake. And when we're out of courage and we're ready to break. All right, this is working. We've got a father and mother, sister and brother. Pulling together, we can work it out. Matt, your leg is killing us, man. Well, this part's Matt's part. Go ahead, Matt. All alone, we just can't make it. By ourselves, we fall behind. If we lift and pull together, we can help each other climb. What'll I do if I'm scared in the night and I shiver with fright? What'll I do? A piece of cake, for goodness sake. And if... (laughs) And if goblins try to, oh God, I don't know this part. If good. goblins try to, try get, to you get you and, and you shiver and shake, you just climb under the, you just, <laughs> you just climb <laughs> under the cover. You yell for your big, yell for big brother. Pulling together, we can work it out. All alone, we just can't make it. By us, we can we can help each other <laughs> Okay, Emily, I've got one for you. 
What do you do if there comes a day when I lose my way? What will you do? Well, I would stand by you, Jimmy. Pray for you, Jimmy. If it would help, I'd even die for you, Jimmy. <gasps> die for me? Oh, Emily. Oh. We've got, got a father, father and mother, sister, sister and brother, all in together, working it out. Without a doubt, we can work it out. All in together, we can work it out. Hey, hi, hi, Sam. Hi, Jimmy. Come on. Hi, Jimmy. Come on. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Oh, man, I totally flubbed my part. Well, at least you got to be Jimmy. That's a total fluff. That's a total fluff song. For goodness sake. Yeah, and like they're... Let's try to get you and you shiver and shake. You want to do take two? You just climb under the cover. Yell for big brother. Pulling together. We can work it out. Take Splice that in, fucker. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay, so so now we move on to our missionaries. It's it's interesting to me because this this is the prototype Elder Price Elder Cunningham relationship. Yes. Like I wonder if yeah, they, they ripped that seen. off of Saturday's Warrior, because yeah. it's like the 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 well, I guess Kessler isn't really like tall, thin, good looking guy, but you, you he's closer to that. But he's he's definitely the mostly me, arrogant missionary, and Kessler's just the whatever you say. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. No, no, Greenland, Green is friend. Elder Green. In other words, because he's he's the greenie, right? So in other words, Elder Green is the whatever you say. Yeah, I, I can be green. Yeah, you be green. It's no, not but easy that's, being that, green, Randy. It's a, it's a small it's a small part. I can I can I can handle it. Christian Christian jumped on that too, Glenn, and she she pointed. She said, "It's the Book of Mormon. It's Price and uh, yeah. it's Cutting, Elder Price and Elder Cunningham." Cunningham. Cunningham. You and me, but mostly me, are gonna change the world forever. Cause I can do most anything. And I can stand next to you and watch. Every hero needs a sidekick. Every captain needs a mate. Every dinner needs a side dish on a slightly smaller plate. And now we're seeing eye to eye. It's a great we cannot. Heavenly Father has chosen you and me, just mostly me. Yeah. She's right. Tell her she's right. I did. All right. I was I was impressed by that last night. Okay. And something else. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, here it is. Jumping off point. And here we are, one breath away from a sick world that's crying out for what we can give it. Truth, freedom, salvation. Salvation. Can you hear this? Can you see the headlines now, brother? Two humble missionaries convert thousands. City translated overnight. Green, we're destined to be the greatest team of missionaries the world has ever known. Whatever you say, Kessler. Are you with me, brother? Whatever you say, Kessler. We are not, are the, not the ordinary, fearlessly, fearlessly extraordinary, extraordinary, working, working right. righteous. Why are you so slow? You're like bringing me I'm, down, Green. 
Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Alternate. Like we, alternate. We do, we do a alternate. pretty good job of this, but it's mostly me. <laughs> I'm on a slightly smaller plate. Okay. <laughs> we right. are not the ordinary, fearlessly extraordinary, working righteous hard kitty, which means suicide. Ritualist Ritual suicide, suicide in Adi, Japanese. Adi, in Adi. a humble way. Humble way now. Humble way. Humble Bearing swords of truth, we plunder. Slicing wicked men asunder. So fun. We are something of a wonder. In a humble way. So we've got Harry Carey and Clinton. Generation, generation, will you scoff at our at our ordination? Ordination. <laughs> We are warriors by our rights, so respect us if you please. <laughs> so what exactly is righteous, Harry Carey? Well, as opposed to as opposed to when like Japanese warriors in World War II were doing it against US aircraft carriers, this is like Mormons doing it against the wicked. I picture a Will Ferrell doing a Harry Carey impersonation and <laughs> calling a great baseball game. I can't do it. Because <laughs> Harry Carey isn't the suicide bomber, right? Harry Carey no, is it's where the, it's the, it's the samurai. The... Isn't it the samurai no. when they yeah. would kill themselves? No, no, no. Right? How, how to, no, that 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 no. Uh, kamikaze are the, the suicide pilots. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. That, that's kamikaze. Harakiri yeah. is the ritual you're seppuku right. um, where you you stab yourself in the gut and you do the you know ritual thing. Yeah, like yeah. a okay. samurai. Yeah. It's crazy. Why did, that, why did they put that line in there? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, sent, I, I sent that line to my brother, and he knew it. Harakiri. Is it Harakiri or Harakiri? It, it it's actually Hara Kiri, Hara Kiri. Yeah, um, he knew what that was. I'm not sure what Hara means. But but he had forgotten about that, and he's like, "Do you think that was intentional?" And I thought, I think it's more likely because this was 1972. They didn't have Google, and I think it's more <laughs> more likely that the the writer of this play had erroneously heard from someone that Hari oh god Hiri Kuri, Harry Carey, Harry Carey uh, was just like the most. Um, was just some kind of way of showing how devoted you were to your faith. And he just ran with it, not ever vetting it or going to a, a light. Because back then you have to go to a library and, tr- <laughs> yeah, and but, try to vet no, it. Oh, I thought you were saying that your brother just ran with that speculative theory. No, I think the, I think the author of this play probably mm-hmm. heard from somewhere erroneously that, uh, that, that <laughs> this, this term meant— He was uh, probably wearing a blue shirt. He, he so may not have had any shoes on when this happened. What are you talking about? I'm saying, like, you're, you're, you're ascribing motive to this based on what? No, I'm, I'm speculating. No, okay, you're, you're repeating your brother's speculate? speculation. No, I, so why not speculate bro- that he was wearing a blue shirt? Okay, I won't do it then, because <laughs> I, I won't speculate ever again on this, <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> We're not Very allowed to speculate. We've got to back everything up. With evidence. Well, what, oh what, 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 is the, what is this point that we're making here? That the guy the was point, stupid? The point was that he, I mean, well. He misused okay, Harry Carey. Glenn, why do you think? Why do you think he used this? I don't know. 
<laughs> You've never speculated before on this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm of course such a not. Fucking wet blanket. <laughs> just tired, man. It's Jesus almost Christ. it's almost midnight, and we haven't even uh, gotten out of the we're pre-existence not even, we're yet. Like, we're not even out of the pre-existence. We're not even out of the pre-existence yet. We're splitting hairs over Harakiri. Okay, no, you're we're, you're fucking. We're never gonna get out of the pre-existence unless we sing the next song. <laughs> All right. What is that sound rising up from the world? The sound of a clock ticking on. With hours and minutes I've yet to meet in a life that soon will be gone. Soon will be gone. Soon will be gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Tag. What is that sound rising up from the world? The swell of the tide at the gate. Where children set sail without knowing too well that the time is growing late. Growing late. Growing late. I'm selling on. I'm not a stranger. My faith will ride through wind and tide and stormy sea. I'm sailing on out of the harbor. There is a distant lamp that lights the way for me. I hope they hold it high so I can see. I'm selling on. <laughs> Nailed <great>. it. <laughs> Randy. What, what is that sound rising up in the world? The clang of a bell on the ledge. I don't know how this next part goes. Well, young, well, young ones play on their merry way. As they As float they right, right over the edge, over the edge, over the edge. Whoa, I'm sailing on. I'm not a stranger. My faith will ride through wind and tide and stormy sea. I'm sailing on. There is a distant lamp that lights the way for me. <laughs> okay, Michael. Yeah, he's getting ready to he's getting ready to leave the pre existence and he knows that he's gotta fall he's gotta like find some spiritual lighthouse that'll 
guide him guide through the him. darkness of the light that he's I about to it, enter. I love it though, though, you know, like, you know, because the, you know, because at the end, you know, like where young ones play on their merry way as they float <laughs> right <laughs> over the edge, yeah. you know, it's just like the edge of the world. They're leaving on Earth, baby, and they are floating off the side of it. Is that what know? it is? Is they floating Waterfall. off the side of the, the world, or is it as they're leaving the preexistence and they're leaving the cloud? And they're oh, like I, heading I down to the earth. Was, I assumed it was into oblivion. In other words, you, you, once they're, you're in this life, you know, you're down in earth life, and you're sailing through the world, and you don't know anything about it. And if you don't, if you don't see that that lamp, you know, that lights the way for you, Which then you're just you're just sure. you're playing on your merry way, and then you just float right over the edge, baby. <laughs> I mean, you are gone. <laughs> in, in his mercy. <laughs> So now we're out of the pre-existence. Uh, yeah. And the very first scene, and this is kind of awkward because you don't really like, transition really well. Yeah, you, you go from the pre-existence to uh, he's going on his mission. It's like, whoa. Right. Yeah. Yep. They're yeah. now. Forget about childhood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, the, the, the pre-existence part had somewhat of a narrative flow and progression. This part, it just gets really disjointed. Like, there's several scenes right after scenes that just don't flow into each other very well. Right. No buts about it, Julie. A guy's got to know these things. Will you wait for me? Will I wait for you? 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 Oh, God. Oh, Julie, yeah. You're listening to a background. Who's listening to I am listening to my Wally Custer. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I've given you the best years of my life. I've stood here through it all, through short and fat and tall, through thick and thin and rain and snow and ice. And now you question my integrity. Now, is that any way to treat your future wife? Doesn't morning wait for the sun to rise like a birthday waits for a big surprise? Like a baby waits for a diaper change? And it was, it was at this line that my wife looked up from Pinterest on her phone and said, did they just say wife waiting for a baby or a, a baby waiting for a diaper change? Oh, exactly. This is what so sexist. She was just so annoyed. I loved it. I loved it. Her. Is, it is. This is. I. You know. I never picked up on the sexism. But they're right. Oh, it is. Amazing. You never picked up on the sexism. I just want to. I just want to be the best wife in the world. I want to cook. Be the best cook. The best right. cleaner. Right. I mean, that was awful. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't laughter wait for a joke that's good like the big bad wolf for Red Riding Hood? Like a cowboy waits to be home. On the range. <laughs> After all, I, I don't even know. You guys After know this. All so cool. I've said and all so I've done to prove my love is true. And now you ask if I'll wait for you. Well, doesn't mother, mother wait, wait for, for the, the bread to rise like a burger waits for an order of fries <laughs> like a chicken waits for the eggs to oh Julie, like, this like is like fucking ridiculous. Waits. All I'm asking is, will you wait for me? Well, 
is it. Oh, Wally, I will wait for you. Schwing? If they should torture me with ants and leave torture me with ants in my vagina oh, and leave me to dry in the sun, I will still be true. I'm writing what John wrote, or I'm reading what John wrote. What do you want from me? Yeah. He's exact. He is exactly like Ron Burgundy. You stick that thing on the teleprompter, he will read it, people. Didn't Alice wait for a wonderland? Like Captain Hook did for Peter Pan. Like the alphabet waited for the letter Z. Fear and tremble, you sick and depraved world. Elder Wally Kessler is on his way. Like a fat <laughs> waits for her missionary. Oh. Can we please skip over this next song? Yes. Daddy's <laughs> nose. Oh. The next one is just it's supposed to be comic relief and just filler to say, hey, I know, we're a you, fun, you don't you don't think that this family. whole all of these these nose references and how the nose keeps growing and all that kind of thing that that's some kind of a I, I wasn't born that way, John. <laughs> you don't want yeah. to I thought that maybe some of you, you know, think that maybe a nose isn't always a nose, as Freud might say. <laughs> A nose is a nose, like a rose is a rose, as everybody knows. And it grows every time that it blows. Well, this is where, <laughs> But you know, when it's it blows, hour. it doesn't grow. That's when it shrinks. It's a it's ink out of nose, lest it touches your toes. And it grows every time that it blows. It it's an hour and 55 minutes they could have cut this song. Okay, the and, song is cut. We're moving on should, to yeah, population, no, no, there's, which is my only, favorite there's only one point I want to make because uh, okay. there's this one line where Benji says, Mom's even got it. <laughs> it's like even <laughs> mom has his nose. It's like total patriarchy. Dad is king. Yeah. And, wow. and, e- and even mom has inherited his nose. Yeah. But uh, to, to me, it, like th- that was just trying to be absurd. And this whole, this whole thing is such lame, stale humor. Like, what did they pick at the, be, at the baking be, though, sale? Right? They picked my nose. <laughs> I blew my nose. You know, like all these things like, oh, we've got these horrible puns. That's just like total Mormon safe humor shtick kind of thing. Like, why did the Nephites or no, why, why did the, know, but, why did know, the Lamanites have bruised actually... knees? Because the Nephites. <laughs> But they, but the point is that though they're actually in some ways making fun of this because the very next scene, like you know, um, all of Jimmy's friends are making fun of him for being on this really lame Mormon thing, right? Yeah. As they should. Yeah. Well, well, I know, but I mean, in other words, there's like a little bit of self awareness in this thing that is pretty. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because this is something that confuses me about Saturday's Warrior, because it seems self aware about the arrogance of missionaries. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like the, the, but it. But right. it's not it's not real satire because it's not saying we shouldn't be this way. It's like, oh, isn't this so cute that we're this way? I know, but I think that the writers are – I mean I think it's kind of like the writers are kind of like the writers of Archie Bunker and then all conservatives loved Archie Bunker. You know, in other words, realize so Mormon, it was – Yeah, so Mormons love this stuff. But I think that the, you know, like there's some writers to this that are, you know, are actually being you know, kind of deliberately – Subversive. Yeah. Were they wearing yeah. blue shirts? God. Well, come on. I mean, How well, would we know that, like, Glenn? Do, do you, like, like, are are you basing that? Like, you know who these writers no, are, and where they no, are no, in the world no, today? No, because just, like I'm Douglas Stewart it. is still as straight TBM as ever, and directing okay. directing plays in St. George, Utah. 
Um, yeah, I think it's giving them too much credit. That yeah, they, I don't. Okay. I don't think they were that self-aware and sophisticated that it. That, well, like then, they then were. It's just a funny thing is that Mormon culture is is self-satirical. Then Mormon culture loves. That's great. Mormon culture loves looking at its face in a mirror. That's what it lo- like. Mormon culture loves to see Mormon culture and consume Mormon culture because then it feels like it's legitimate. I mean, but the next thing that happens here, okay, so we're now getting to the we're now getting to the hippies, right? And and yeah, so like when I was a little kid, say by you know, the I mean, this, yeah, or you know, or if people watched a later perverted version of this show, <laughs> the Saved by the Bell Patties. But anyway, so in the original, the, the 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 hippies, the people in the counterculture, and 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 for me, this is these guys are exactly like the villains in the Book of Mormon, you know, who actually like make make way more sense, way you know, more you know, sense. <laughs> you know, than than you the, read this, you're like, yeah, they have, they make some really good points. I mean, when I'm a little kid, I mean, I'm in, I like we're sing zero population, and this song, I'm like, yeah, this makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I'm growing up in this fuel crisis i mean it's clear that you know mal malthus is going to be right eventually you know and so obviously all this stuff is like these are the people that make sense and it was only like people are like telling me wait a second no that's not what we believe these are the bad guys you know (laughs) (laughs) no it's just like satan in the temple uh video he's the only one that makes any sense the only the only one that's a straight shooter and uh, and that that's really funny is is that uh, they're they're given all this sound advice, uh, but I mean this this the zero population thing also dates it because yeah. um, my dad in the seventies by the by the time we got to like nineteen seventy eight uh, we had had six kids in our family and we were the only ones on the street that had more than like two or three kids and my dad actually took some shit uh, because zero population was a big thing in the seventies. And, uh, you know, people would say things like, well, don't you think you're uh, using more than your, you know, your re- right. the re- resources you're entitled to with having so many kids? And, and so, uh, yeah, this, this will forever date this uh, play. I, know, but, I mean, but socially, I mean, right now, if you have seven kids, don't, aren't you socially a weirdo? <laughs> you're socially weirdo because it's like... Well, but not it, zero population-wise, but not for moral reasons. It's just like you're – what just is wrong? Just for economic, well, just for yeah, economic reasons. I mean, right, it's, exactly. It's, zero <laughs> population has been forced on us by the – I don't know, by, by just life economy. Yeah. yeah. Cost yeah we're, not, we're not on farms anymore. We're having as many kids as possible as an asset, you know? Right, right. It's a total liability. So like even Mormons – and, and this, this kind of bothers the brethren with some of the recent talks – uh, they're, oh, they're, yeah. worried, they're worried about two things. First of all, uh, Mormon kids these days aren't getting married uh, as early as they used to. Second of all, they're not having as many kids. And that's affecting the bottom line of the church. There's no doubt about that. Yep. So Jimmy, the oldest of this family, is hanging out with uh, his buddies, the baddies. And they, uh, they sing about zero population. Every day the world is getting smaller by far. Bursting at the seams, what can we do? Zero population is the answer, my friend. Without it, the rest of us are doomed. Who can survive? Who can survive? That one of us will be alive. Who can be strong? Who can be strong when every inch is gone? Who can survive? Who can survive? Not one of us will be alive. Who can be strong? Who can be strong when Mother Earth is gone? Every day the food supply is shrinking away. 
the starvation at the dark. I don't know this song. Why not? <laughs> Licensing of children is the answer, my friend. Without it, the rest of us are through. Who can survive? Who can survive? Not one of us will be alive. Who could be strong? Who can be strong when all the food is gone? Ditto. Go ahead, girl two and three. Tragedy, our oil is depleting each day. Every baby makes it last a shorter time. You know what we need? Legalized abortion is the answer, my friend. Without it, there is no peace of mind. Who can survive? Who can survive? Not one of us will be alive. <laughs> Who can be strong? Who can be strong when all the oil is gone? <laughs> Ditto. But what about fracking? Can we do so like I a told you about Tonto oh, no. Tarzan? <laughs> what was the other one? It was Tonto, Tarzan, Frankenstein version. Population is answer, friend. Abortion good. Abortion good. children. My friends. Oh, man. So I told you about my first apartment where this was the only album that we had, the only tape we had. We ran across this American. We're kind of talking to him a little bit, and he's preaching this. He's like – he's kind of this hippie guy, and he's like, yeah, man. I mean we just – we need to get out of oil, and and people just – we need to go like how China can only have like two kids. And we walk away from there, and my my senior companion, he's getting ready to go home. He's like – See, that's exactly what Saturday Night's Warriors talking about, zero population. There's people that believe it. And it was just like, yeah, man, that's just horrible. <laughs> and that's the end I of hope, that. Strike. I hope you dusted your feet. <laughs> that's how we felt, man. Yeah. Oh. Okay. They really do exist. So, so now, you know, obviously these friends of Jimmy's are very influential. Right. And they've got such great arguments. They've got their hooks in Jimmy. Um, yeah. as, as bad influences do. And Jimmy's succumbing to peer pressure. And so he tells his parents that they're stupid if they're considering to have a seventh child, which, which leaves the parents to wonder, what did we do wrong? Didn't we love right. him? When he was just a little boy, things were different then. With eyes of trust, he looked to us to lead the way. Always bringing us his fears, we could laugh away his tears. But things were different then. When he was just a little boy. When I was just a little boy, things were different then. I followed them with childlike faith from day to day. When I came to them with fears, they would wipe away my tears. But things were different then, for I was just a little boy. Tear. The years had passed like summer dew upon the grass. The little boy that held their hand grew up so fast. 
Could we do Smoking. more than we've done? Didn't we love him? Why can't they love me? Why can't they understand? Why can't they see I'm not a child now, I'm a man? Can't they love me for the person that I am? Love me in spite of me. Why can't they love me? And the rest of the years have passed like summer dew <laughs> on the grass. The little boy that was in our hands was There was a time he loved them the way they love him now. But growing up has changed it all somehow. Didn't we love him? Why can't they love me? We raise him good. Why can't they understand? Did we do our best in spite of all the pain? We would do it all again and more the same. Love me in spite of me. Didn't we love him? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this, this is another one that my wife looked up from her phone. And she's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And and like pointed out, they expect him to stay like a kid forever, right? Like, exactly. Can't this change. is so horrible. Is the... I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like Jimmy here this entire time is, "Why can't they love me for the person I am? Yeah. Why can't they see I'm not a kid anymore?" I mean, I mean, and then the mom, like it's... the first, the first sign of trouble, she's just like, "Well, you know, I guess I got seven kids. I guess we failed. <laughs> you know, we I failed." Never... We're writing this one off. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, but the, what Jimmy's saying is pretty poignant. Yeah, I except I got to throw my mom under the bus on this one because I remember the way that she would comment on this when we'd grow it up. She hated that line, love me in spite of me. Oh, right. Like, you can do whatever you want to do and we'll still love you? Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to love you in spite of you? <laughs> this guy's this guy's <laughs> off. She She wasn't quite that harsh about it, but that was the sentiment. Okay. Yeah, she so maybe, like I say, I always that. interpret this as being like the writers here must – again, the people – the Mormons come off so bad in this play. <laughs> so I always think that – you know, but maybe it's just – that's just self-reflection. So I but, but I think that the writers thought that they were making Jimmy really impudent oh. and selfish. Like wow. why, can't, why can't they just love me for who I am? Like, you know, like as, as if he doesn't have to conform to Mormon standards. Right, exactly. You know, Why and, can't they love him without conforming to right. Mormon standards? And, and the, but that a Mormon would look at that and go, of course you've got to conform, dude. Come on, get with the program, Jimmy. Get with the program, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, we Fucking love Jimmy. you. Because you know what yeah. Jimmy's problem is? Like, 
He wants all the answers at once. Oh, yeah. Your problem is you want all the answers at once. Excuse the example, but Sir Galahad didn't find the Holy Grail in one afternoon. It's like watching the stars appear at night. First, just one little light shines over there in the western sky, and then another, and another, until finally, well, look for yourself, Jimmy. A whole wonderful blazing universe that began with just one little star. Can, can I do Pam? Because this is like the one song I know. Yeah, you sing it. Go ahead. <laughs> line upon line, precept on precept. That is how he lifts us. That is how he teaches his children. Line upon line upon line upon line upon line precept on precept like a summer shower giving us each hour his wisdom his wisdom if we are patient we shall see how the pieces fit together in harmony. We know who we are in this big universe, and then we'll live with him forever and ever. But until it happens, line upon line, precept on precept, a shower, for his wisdom, his, his wisdom. wisdom, line upon line upon line. Line? Oh, Isn't it something, Jimmy? <laughs> Millions and billions of stars up there and trillions more we can't even see. A whole universe of opportunity. And wouldn't it be tragic to throw it all away because we can't see it all right this minute? Line upon line, huh? Pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> I guess that's something to think about. Jimmy, I feel so close to you. I feel, you. I feel I so feel... close with my hand <laughs> in your thigh. I feel you inside me. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry, go. No, the, this whole, like, uh, a whole universe of opportunity. And yeah. wouldn't it be tragic to throw it all away because we can't see it because God put right. a blindfold on our eyes? That's Jake's line. Nice salvation you got. Be ashamed yeah, to lose it. Right. That was a great line. <laughs> this is also like an homage. To, wouldn't it be a shame to give up your eternal salvation just because none of it makes any sense? Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and like what? Like how? What? What kind of 
system is developed where you're going to give it all up and throw it away when you can't see it all and understand what you're giving up and throwing it away. Like, it's just, yeah, the the whole thing. It's great, but the concept seems that you will get another line upon the line, and yet you never really get a line, but you certainly don't get a second line. It'd be great if you did get something added to it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we've talked before about this value of stagnant non-progress. You know, like, we're not going to change. And yet this song is all about... Like there's going to be change, but where's it going to happen? Right. Line upon it's like, line, it's like, well, like this song would totally make change. sense, like in Gnosticism, right? <laughs> or in like, uh, in like, uh, right, Scientology what is like in, well, like in Scientology. In other words, like you keep on, you keep on going back and paying for the next, you know, upgrade of your theta levels or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, they give you extra information, but there's no more information to go get. In other words, once you've gone through the temple and not that kind of thing, that's it. You just go back and repeat, you know, there isn't any more lines. There's the second yeah. endowment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's right. always different different ranks in the priesthood. Until I know, you but get it's up not to more, the there's, no more, there's no more answers, though. No, it's it's it is. Once you, get to, once you get to be a prophet, you've got the bat phone, and you can, like, talk to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You can and get him you, on the you, line. Actually, actually, you get there, uh-huh. and then you find out <laughs> there's the bat phone. This is going, if you'd like to make a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> He keeps hanging up. Are you sure this is your wife answering? <laughs> Nothing but a busy signal, man. Okay, this next one's a really, really bad one too. And it's but it's tough, and we gotta have. There's four parts to it, so we gotta do. Ugh. I think Glenn is burning out. Yeah. So this oh. is this is when this is when Julie is gonna dear John uh, Kessler. Kessler, who's on his mission, and it's supposed to be like. Again, like really cute and fun, peppy number, but it's just so like this isn't. Again, my wife looked up from her phone and said, "You've got to be kidding me! Really? This is ah, uh, yeah." It, it, well, it's it really hard. sexist, it though. Hard no, for it's her like to watch. Yeah. Crazy sexist. Yeah, I mean, this is like so sexist. We but can't it's, skip. But it. it's another one of those things where I couldn't tell how satirical are they being with the culture? Right. Like, are they saying are they saying that this is okay or are they not? Like, like I never, I never feel like they really get to the point where they say this isn't okay. It's just kind of like, oh, isn't it, it silly? It happens, isn't it? Isn't, isn't what a lot of this is? Is just this? Just is this? Yeah. This exists this in more. So people. us. So, yeah, yeah. This, this is this so us, us. You guys. We're we're so like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember really, when yeah. we were young and foolish, and we were yeah. waiting for missionaries the way that Julie is? This is so us, right. you guys. Boys are so insensitive, aren't they, Julie? The hand of a lonely person reaches out to you for understanding, and they expect you to turn him away. <laughs> Wally would understand, wouldn't he? Well, I I did pledge my heart to him, didn't I? But that doesn't mean I have to put myself in cold storage for two years. After all, friends are like eggs and roses, you know. They come in dozens, too. <laughs> And when the boy you love is gone, a friend can comfort you. Friend with benefits. He's just a friend like those I count in dozens. A selfish boy who understands my pain. 
He's just a friend to friend. Bitter winds of sorrow. And after all, a girl can always use a friend. It's like a dildo. He's a person I can talk to. He's a person who shares. He's a person who... Shoulder to cry, y'all. I love his comfort. Two whole years. He's just a friend like those she counts in dozens. A kind of selfish boy who understands her pain. He's just a friend to fan the bitter winds of sorrow. After all, a girl can always use a friend. Oh, Julie, you're so mature. Oh, Elder, I'm ruined. Two months she's been engaged. Two months. Maybe it's for the best, Elder. No baptisms and now this. Oh, but then what would you know about love, Elder, or the pain I'm going through? And to think I trusted her. Fickle women, what a menace. Look at what you've done unto us. While you're kissing, we're alone. Can you blame us if we moan? Oh, pain. Which we did do on our mission. This was like a line that we felt. Of course. Yeah. He's, He's just, just a, friend, a friend like, like those, those I, count I count in dozens. dozens. A, a kind, kind and selfish, selfish boy who, who understands, understands my pain. Hey, hey, do, I, hey, do I have a line here? Dear John, friend, 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 for the five so listeners that are still with us, <laughs> if you go to our website right now and type in the word avocado, we'll send you a prize. <laughs> we'll send you $100. Randy will send you $100. <laughs> this is much better because I'm done with, my, almost done with my whiskey. Right, yeah. I know. I'm out, of, I'm out of liquor. I think I need some more. My 17-year-old came down and was like, Mom, is Dad doing a podcast? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. He's like, why is he singing? And so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, Kristen's trying to fall asleep next to me. Oh. And every once in a while, she'll start giggling. So I think we're doing okay. You do this in the room when she's trying to sleep? He doesn't well, have I an do- office. Oh. You do it in my room. I do it in the in the the front room, but I guess you, your kids are probably still awake. My, mine are all asleep. That's why we start so late. I could do it in the front room, but... But, I usually start in my bedroom, and then she yeah. comes in and it's going to sleep. Yeah. All right. So uh, setting so the stage for this, this next song, they're in a park, and uh, they they know that somebody in that park is looking for the truth, but they just can't seem to find the guy. And they walk away, and then the camera zooms in on the this struggling artist who is sketching something on a pad. 
I take some paper in my hand and with the pencil draw a man. The dream of what I'd really, really like to be, a man with courage in his brow, who's licked his doubts and fears somehow. A warrior of great nobility. Let, let's, let's, let's pause right here, though, because I think this is an interesting line that, you know, this, this is a, a non-Mormon. He was not right. born with the right. blessing of the church, and so he is racked with doubt and fear. And he's just wondering, how the hell am I going to be able to lick this shit? <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So, but by the way, this is like your golden convert. So, if you ever, you know, had the guy who was actually asking, you know, like sitting around w- wondering, yeah. where did I come from? You know, wh- you know, what did I can't, you know, and so those three questions or whatever. And this is the guy who's sitting there actually drawing a picture of that. You know, I had one of those on my mission, and he drove me nuts because he never asked any questions. He just accepted everything, and I'm like, mm-hmm. really? This isn't. There's you don't have any questions about this. He's like, mm, no. You want to get yeah. baptized? Yeah. Really? Okay. All right. There you go. It it really bugged me. Okay. You, you did he steal me? your Did he steal your girlfriend when you got home? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You turn. Go ahead. Okay. But who am I? Just a wandering kid, a cipher on the wall, not even brave at all. And where's my dream like his that I would fight for? Again, we've got to fight. And where's my cause like his that I would die for? Randy. And in his eyes he's not afraid Because you see he's got it made The dream of what I'd really, really like to be Matt. A tall and noble (laughs) fire youth Who's not afraid to die for truth? Who's tall and straight, John? But best of all, he's free. Do you, do you know why he's not afraid but to die for I? truth? Though? I know, but it's amazing to me that, you know, like... He's, he's tall like, and straight. We're, we're, let's, uh, seriously, he is tall, though. I mean, in other words, like I always say, you know, like, he's straight and free, but best of all, he's tall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, best of all, he's straight. Yeah. Well, maybe so, but I mean, it's just like... It's like the Gordon B. Hinckley he book. It's like stand taller, be taller. <laughs> you know? I, don't know. I just I just want to point out though to you, especially Randy, that the reason that he's not afraid to die for truth is because he does have a truth seeking brain. He's describing, okay. he's saying, I wish that I was one of those Mormons that had a truth seeking brain. That I would die for truth. I would die for easy answers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's good. But who am I? Just a wandering kid A cipher on the wall Not even brave at all And where's my dream like his That I would fight for And where's my cause like his That I would die for John But still the paper's in my hand And every day I sketch that man Who knows the truth and what life's all about My conscience says I should be him I guess I could at least begin But chances are I'd probably 
Strike out. Oh, what a Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. What is that ending? Yeah, it's, it's always such like a lame ending. Yeah. I'm uh, just not good enough. I know. It's like Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. It's sort of like, you know, like you're like these these valiant warriors saved to the last day, but everybody's got a real um, insecurity complexes going on yeah. here, you know? You got to be humble to accept the gospel, and I think they're trying to portray him as uh, seeking, but totally and utterly humble, which is the golden investigator. Uh, okay. Uh, so now we go back to the um, uh, the hippies, hippies or the, or the... Saved by the Bell baddies. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh man! And they sing the summer of fair weather. Right. Um, Oh man, so I don't know this song very well. I'll do it. Okay. I like it. We'll be we'll be I'll be your friend. <clears throat> this is the summer of fair weather. Oh, that's right and now. I know a place where we can get it together. Get it together. We'll get it together whenever you're ready to go. Open your mind and hear me, your brother. Out there there's love and truth for us to discover. We'll get it together get it whenever you're, you're ready, ready to go. go. And I know a place where we can get it together. Get it together whenever you're ready to go. People are there who care for each other. You do your own thing, and still you're loved like a brother. Okay, stop. That's is that really a bad message? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the bad guys in this are great. People and, are you know, there who care for, care each, for each other. other. You that's do, a lie. You do your thing. That's a lie, that's, Matt. No, and still you're loved like a brother. He's an unreliable narrator. The guy's <laughs> wearing like a a jean jacket. The no, they're all wearing list. jorts. They are all wearing jorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. 1989 shorts but he, for guys. But he tells them, like this comes up later in the song where they, they say they're your friends, but they're not because they're leading you away from your family and home. How could they say they're your friends? So they're they're like feeding him that's, with lies. They're flattering him here. That's Pam's argument, but it doesn't actually hold up. It's the Mormon argument. Pam is like the voice of reason in <laughs> right. this. She is the I know, but I mean, I mean, she says there, when she says, if they if they take you away from your family and home, they'll, lead you a, they'll leave you alone in the end. But what, is, what does that mean? I mean, are you always leave your family and home when you become an adult? Not like this, though. No, because we're going to be together forever, John. Right, and and you don't really leave your family because you move to the neighborhood away, which might be an entire stake away if you're in Utah. But you're still <laughs> like going to everybody's baptisms and school plays and things like that, and yeah, you're you're still together. But I I, th- I think I, I see a parallel between this and the way that they were trying to frame Jimmy as a bad guy in the why don't they love me in spite of me. You know, right. like you can do your own thing and still you're loved like a brother. Like, no, you can't do your own thing, you guys. You can't. You've got to. You've got to follow yeah. what unconditional love is, is a vice. Yeah. I, I, but at least you know, it's at a least, lie. Like at least like Korahor at least eventually admits that he's a Satanist. <laughs> Whereas these guys, I mean, they just keep on saying, "Well, we'll still love you, <laughs> well, <laughs> like a brother." <laughs> they never. They, they, 
especially in the the video, the, there's all these women that are making wanton eyes at Jimmy, and they're like, "Hey, Jimmy, are you gonna come with us?" Yeah, but is Jimmy gay? Why doesn't he care? I mean, that sounds like good, right? You, uh, I don't. You said he's gay. Come. You said come. He, <laughs> 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 well, the the hippie thing starts making a lot more sense with the uh, with the lyrics here about yeah. the whole. Free, it's kind of more. It's trying to yeah, highlight kind of love, free love yeah. type thing, right? Like whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, we'll get it together. Is that a euphemism for a, we'll get it on together? No. I should think so. What else does it mean? We'll get it together whenever you're ready. Yeah, we'll get it together whenever you're ready. Yeah. Whenever you're ready to go. I mean, are you ready when to go, ready Jimmy? To go. <laughs> Ow. This I mean, might, this the, might the, be the like friends are all Freudian. girls, you know. It, it might be a Freudian slip there from the writers, but I don't think they meant it that way. You don't think so? <laughs> but they were wearing blue shirts. <laughs> you're just <laughs> listening now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now we get, like, they like move on to like the the Jimmy's more or less having a drug sequence, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like, I, and this is one of the things I'm disappointed with that the '89 version cut out voices because I really, really like how yeah weird I can't find it on YouTube. Is. Oh, that's why I don't know it. Interesting. Oh man, no, this is great. This is one of my favorite songs because of you know the things that are tempting Mormons away are so dire and evil. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this becomes like, this like is Todd and Jimmy singing together. Is that what it is? So this is no, when this they, is this is when they meet in the park. Yeah, and that's in the that's in the movie. Yeah, and then no, no, it's Todd and Jimmy talking to each other, but then there's all of the voices of the world that are calling to Jimmy. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. And here again, I, I always just didn't understand because Jimmy kind of runs away from home. I guess we skipped that part because at some point, Jimmy, they they disclose to Jimmy that they're they are pregnant. And in the movie, this is pretty this is pretty dramatic. In the movie, he says, "Oh, great! What? Why don't you just drop a litter next time?" And his dad full on backhands him, just whack, and he kind of runs away. Presumably, runs away. From home far enough to be in the same place that his sister's boyfriend is on a mission. He probably just went like to Tempe from, well, from I mean, like I LA was, or something. I always have the impression that he's hanging out in a park in San Francisco at this point. So in other words, they're from Utah, drugs. and oh. yeah, I don't know. No, he's on drugs. If if this if the if the minor chords of this song are any indication, <laughs> so, uh, cool. but the baddies the baddies from his hometown go with him to wherever he runs away to. Yeah, well, the, it's yeah, the that, summer they were of ready weather. to go. Were they ready to go? We Remember, it's the it summer together. of fair weather. They're going to they're going to the you know summer of free love in San Francisco, or whatever. Yeah, I just so, feel like they went away to California. Like I, I see, I always thought Southern California, but. Hey, you're not in trouble, are you? Hey, man, what's with you? There's nothing wrong with this place. This is real life. Why shouldn't a guy be able to find himself here? Hey, friend, look, why don't you pack up and go home to your family? This place is nothing. Will you leave me alone? There's gaps. There's gaps. All right, okay. okay. Find out for yourself. Find out the hard way like I did. Man, can't you say this see this place is zero? These people are zero. And where am I after three years? I'm still at point zero. Yeah, I've got a lot of theories and a sketch pad and a paper dream, but man, where do you find the answers? <laughs> Voice. That's just a weird dialogue, man. <laughs> Run over here, run over there. John. We've got things to blow your mind. 
So I go. What do I find? Nothing. Nothing. Haunting voices, rising, swelling, whispering mysteries, fortune telling. Voices filled with books and learning cry their wares to make me wise. We've got ways to get there faster. So I go to find nothing. Voices crying under tables, spreading secrets, spinning tables. Does anybody know anything that's real? Something that will last for a while? I can hold and feel the deep that's on the paper and the dream that's on just the frost upon the This is trippy, dude. To nothing. Nothing. Voices wearing wings of glitter, calling me, beckoning me. We've got bread to bring you pleasure. So I go. What do I see? Nothing. 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 I love it though. I mean, it's like, I don't like, know that world. What does the whole world have? It has nothing filled with books and learning. Nothing. So many books and, and fortune learning. tellers, apparently. Yeah, no, I know, but in other words, in other words, like scholarship is the same as fortune telling. Yes, but very <laughs> different than patriarchal blessing giving. Yeah. But you get there really easy by drugs, is what I'm assuming they're saying. That uh, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you heard that song. I mean, we're on drugs in the song, right? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah, well, all intellectuals are on drugs. That's how they become intellectuals. Really? There we go. I I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I did it the wrong way. <laughs> Man. Dang. My brother was a freaking intellectual <laughs> in high school. How about this? How about this? Voices crying under tables, spreading secrets, spinning fables. I mean, God, is that the temple? <laughs> spinning fables. Isn't that what Joseph Smith did for a living with spinning you're fables? The, but you're not supposed to spread the secrets, Randy. They're oh, spreading. Right. There's penalties. Back when they wrote this, there was penalties. Yeah. There's and, and you know, like, they take shortcuts. We've got ways to get there faster. So... You know, like don't study. put your shoulder to the wheel and push along. Just ditch it and go for the shortcut. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always like this. And that, so I, I was disappointed that it wasn't in the 89 version, Saturday's Warrior. I think that's Matt's favorite song that we've done this night. I love that song. Yeah. yeah I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, that didn't fit into the Say by the Bell narrative that right. uh, was spun by. Well, that is uh, true. Because they didn't have all evil hippies and drugs and stuff. It, the bad guys in the 89 version. I think this know. was like a, a bad dream that Screech had. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Jessie uh, <laughs> when she's taking her, her, her pills. Is, Jess <laughs> that, is, that, is, is she the Elizabeth she, whatever that was in the Elizabeth Showgirls? Berkeley, yeah. Oh, okay. Was she the one in the sh- yeah, Showgirls? Yeah. I'm so excited. Did you guys I'm watch so the reunion on um, – on the I'm Jimmy so what's his fault? What's his fault? It's a night show, right? Jimmy Fallon, yeah. I yeah, saw Jimmy that there Fallon. was, but I didn't watch it. It was pretty yeah, funny, I and, I, and I never, I never even watched Saved by the Bell more than. Oh, the Lark Verhees wasn't on there. Lisa. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so this is the most complicated song. Well, so this but is before where... we get to the song. Oh, okay. It's big time. So, so in the movie, and I don't know if this is on a stage play, in the movie, Jimmy, uh, one of the baddies' girls comes over and says, Jimmy, you've got a call. You need to call home. And he calls home, and then he breaks down. And we learn that Pam, his twin, the girl in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, yeah. The voice of di- reason. Yeah, she's yeah. dead. She dies. Yeah. yeah. His anchor. And yeah. She, I mean, here, I mean, here's she's been this woman that was just sitting there patiently. You know, if she wanted to be a dancer in the preexistence, but she's born crippled, and so she's the one that just doesn't understand it all. But she's like line upon line, line upon line. Okay. She knows she doesn't have to worry about it because she's got the perfect faith. All, all she ever all wanted to do. To upset. All, all she ever wanted to do is be a dancer. So what does God do? He makes her born a cripple. What a right. dick. No, the, he's, he's testing her faith, and she passed it. No, so I, agree, I agree with Randy. It was a dick move on God. No. Well, that was the, the line guys, in the preexistence was, I don't care what happens on earth as long as I can dance. Right. Right. And, and God was taking <laughs> notes. Wheelchair. Like, okay, I know what I got to take away from her to pull <laughs> to a joke her. on yeah. this chick. Right. I know what I, as, I, I know as long as I, like, don't have a, any sex at all, I'll be happy on earth. So if I can, so God, if I can, if I can it? dance. <laughs> he took the one thing that was like, that gave her joy and meaning. And he just says, fuck you. Let's, let's see if you still believe in me if you can't dance, yeah, but, when, but when she dies, what does she say to little Emily? She says, it's so weird. It just seems like it was such a, a brief moment. In the whole span of eternity. But you know what? She didn't throw it away just because she couldn't see it all at once. She maintained yep. her faith. So yep. line up her, her character she was the hero. So like for, for as much as you want to like bash on all of the sexist themes that definitely are in here, the the, the main hero of Saturday's Warrior is Pam. She well, she's the she's the sure. ideal she's the that every Mormon should aspire to. Well, except except yes. except for, you know, I mean, the, the, this is the kind of thing like where you know, like the, um, you know, like the cops, the regular cop is the the white guy rebel who isn't playing by the rules, and that the, the um, and the, you know, and the chief is always you know like you got to play by the rules, MacGyver, whatever the guy's name is. But then his partner is the black guy, and then the black guy dies. <laughs> you know, in other words, so she, so she's one day from retirement. Sorry, right, exactly. And so she, you know, so in, or the gay guy. I mean, like the wise gay sage in the movie. You know, he, you know, they don't live out. He don't live happily forever after. He, he. If you've got a movie, four weddings and a funeral. Guess who's going to die? <laughs> you know. The wise gay sage, right? So in the same way, the cripple girl is going to die. You know, it's not, she's not the hero. The hero, you know, <laughs> so she's well, the... I mean, she's she's kind of the Mormon hero, but Jimmy's the cautionary tale. Yeah, and so so uh, the best Mormon is is Todd, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he he wasn't born. He he wasn't given everything at birth. That's right. He he. I mean that that was really weird too. It's like I I thought I was always taught in the preexistence like uh, the valiant were born Mormon, and he seemed to be one of the valiant ones in the preexistence. And then they God does another dick move and uh, you know makes him this um, suffering artist that uh, just never no, see, fulfilled. No, you're you're seeing it wrong. See, God put him in that position to ensure that he would meet Julie, the person he was meant to be with. 
any other way and it wouldn't have worked out. So God in his infinite wisdom set that up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right about his all-knowingness was turned on. Mm. Wow. Did, okay. did, did God, like, kill your puppy? <laughs> Many of them. Yeah, my first puppy was Fifi. He killed, he killed him. Mm. You got to forgive God, man. <laughs> I'm talking about the God of Saturday's Warrior. Okay. So it all comes down to, you know, the big confrontation in the park, except for it's also between people that are, like, either not born yet or dead. So, in other words, Emily... Yeah, that are in the exact baby, same spirit world. Like, right, the spirit exactly. worlds overlap? Yeah, yeah well, that's, so. that, that's one of the big doctrinal problems that people had with Saturday's Warrior, is that Mormon doctrine does not teach that the spirit world and uh, the preexistence overlap. You can't communicate. But the spirit world is baby the, preexistent Emily is hanging out here with dead Pam. Yeah, right. Or that yep. that as soon as you die, your memory that you lost when you were coming to Earth is instantly returned. Yeah, and that's you, not Mormon doctrine. Yeah. Wait, it's not. No. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't need missionaries to, in the spirit prison to because you, uh, you, the veil would be removed and you would know everything right, you'd you be like oh yeah god right yeah the, the same spirit <laughs> the same spirit which possessed you in this life will possess you in the next life um, but then when do you get when do you get the um knowledge of the uh pre-existence back yeah, the pre-existence after the judgment maybe when that's they, stupid it hasn't been revealed yet matt there's still yes. many things yet to be revealed. And okay. you know what, It's, Matt, in, it's, it's not, in the it's book of per- Joseph of it's, Egypt. Right. It's not pertinent <laughs> to your salvation, so stop worrying right. about it. Right. Right. It's, it's like whether or not the, the pearly gates roll or swing. Yeah. All Just you say. need to worry about is paying your tithing, dude. Yeah. Yep. Cling to the trunk. Yeah. Pam, why do these things happen? I don't know all the reasons, Emily. But a, a lot of it has to do with free agency. But my free agency says I want to go down to this family, not to another one. Oh, Jimmy, why didn't you keep your promise? Who am I? <laughs> Where am I going? Here I sit, alone, not knowing why. Brace me up. I'm so discouraged. Help, I think I'm gonna die. How it hurts to be a no one. How I wish that I was someone really loved. Brace me up. I'm such a failure. Heaven help me up above. Isn't there someone with a hand to spare who can share what they have for my hunger? Isn't there someone who will take me as I am? Brace me up, not put me down. Make me feel like I'm as good as another. Doubts and fears keep coming faster. Boy, I'm heading for disaster, that's for sure. Brace me up, I'm going under. 
Help somebody find a cure. Hey, Flinders. We're ready. Let's go. No, Jimmy, please. Hey, man, are you coming? (laughs) Don't listen to them. You belong here with your family. Flinders. Your, your friend too, also. Randy. <laughs> What's with him, anyway? It's still not too late. If you, <laughs> it's still not too late. If you just remember your promise, try, Jimmy, try. Hey, man, are you all right? We were going to pull together. It was your idea to pull together. Flinders! <laughs> Please, Jimmy! Come on, let's go. Come on, come on. Don't listen to them. Don't listen. <laughs> hey, Flinders, no, Flinders. Come on, we've got to go, Flinders. You'll never find it here, Flinders. Believe me, I'm your friend. Hey, Flinders, come, Flinders. Don't blow your cool and run, Flinders. We've got a world out there, Flinders. Believe us, we're your friends. Jimmy, Jimmy oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, don't, don't listen to them. <laughs> How, How can, can they, they say we're your friends, friends if they, they take, take you away from, from your family, family and home? They'll leave you alone in the end. Isn't there someone with a hand to spare Who can share what they have for my hunger Isn't there someone who will take me as I am Build me up, not put me down Make me feel like I'm as good as another Jimmy, we love you That's all we have to offer Jimmy need you. Please don't turn us away. Hey, Flinders, stop, Flinders. We're here to help you out, Flinders. We've got a world out there, Flinders. Believe us, we are friends. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, don't, don't listen, listen to them. How can they say that you're friends? Isn't there someone with a hand to spare? Who can show they have for my hunger? We love you. That's all we have to offer. Come on, we got to go, Flinders. Jimmy, oh Jimmy, don't listen to that. Isn't there someone with a hand to spare? Jimmy, we love you. Hey, Flinders, no Flinders. Come, Flinders, run, Flinders. Okay, we failed. Superstar. Yeah. Jimmy, we love you. Todd, it all fits together now, doesn't it? Because now you've you've been brought, you've been converted 
by Kessler and Green. I know. No, this is the greatest part. I love it that you know, like this guy, you and know, who's like every who's, like, single missionary with does. Question. Every single missionary like, brings home with them the person that they've converted. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what happens. Right. right. <laughs> like, well, the one guy because he only had one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where did he serve? Oh, he served in Idaho, and he only had one baptism. Wow. No, no, San Francisco. <laughs> Well, in the play, I thought he served in Idaho because I oh, remember there was a line that said, "The people of Idaho need us." Wow, I can't believe that they were having a summer of love in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the like, Flinders like were Jimmy, from Idaho. Jimmy's on drugs in Pocatello. <laughs> <laughs> no, Idaho Falls, you dumbass. Okay. Oh no, maybe it was Boise. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> It all fits together now, these feelings I've had. I lived before I came here. Please, dear father, what are these feelings? I am a son of God. I have a destiny, an eternal purpose. Feelings of forever come so very strong. They follow us like jewels that light the path behind. Calendars of Calendars time. Of time. Oops of time, we almost. Is that March Simpson? <laughs> that trembled in a lamp much brighter than the sun. I recall the morning you arose, shining like a star on an endless sea of sand. And, and the a tender child in your there you eyes. As the compass drew us out, I took your hand. And now we lift the veil and try to understand. And reach for what we were before we were. To finally come again back to the start where we began. All the rusty chains time can hold. All the rusty chains can hold it Memories back. of a former life Memories of a former life we be Coming through. Coming through. Coming through. Coming through. Coming through. Coming Feelings of forever come so very strong. They follow us like jewels that light the path behind. Calendars of time we almost knew that trembled in a lamp much brighter than the sun. Than the sun. Well, see, see, the, I think, Matt, you don't know that 74 version where Julie is like so over the top operatic. It's like yeah. the weakest link oh. of that 74 cast. No, yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Is that the last song? That's so it. now we, now well, we got the, the they have a couple of reprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but what, we've done it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That took a lot less time than I thought it would. So for the two listeners that are still with us, <laughs> Congratulations. go to our website and type in the word aardvark. <laughs> and you'll get an ice cream cone from us. I think it, I thought it was fun. <laughs> well, it's fun to record, but I don't yeah, know if it's fun right, to listen to. to, listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> uh, if I knew that, because Glenn was like, "Oh, this is gonna—we're gonna do Mystery Science Theater 3000," and I was focusing on the play. But if I had known this was gonna be like a total sing-along, I would have been listening to this sh- shit on a loop, so I could have contributed better. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Randy, that's lame because John's been talking about this for a month. Yeah, dude. Come on. Yeah, but it seemed this like you guys. My, come on. It seems like you guys abandoned it. You, You've dissed me, Randy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it seems like Glenn You were more the interested whole in a new Bart Ehrman book and all the other podcasts that we've done <laughs> since John talked about this that jeez, man. And had like living a life and being a dad to your kids and a husband to your wife. Jeez. Uh, and job and, and job. Come on, Randy. But but what I'm really impressed with is that you guys have listened to this a lot, the, the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, no, I Besides Randy, I'm really impressed with the other two. Besides <laughs> <laughs> Randy. <laughs> oh, that cut me deep. You know what? You can't stay, you can't stay at my house anymore. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that hurt, man. Yeah. So has anyone seen the sequel to Saturday's Warrior? No. no. Do they have one? Oh, yeah. No. I think there's You guys going to do that with somebody else? <laughs> I, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Star Child. Yep. Oh, wow. So who's the star child? I don't know. I don't and know. I don't care. <laughs> I think we all are. You know, I like, don't know. And I child. don't care. The real sequel to this thing is Battlestar Galactica, the, the 1978 version. So we should do something with that. By your command. Mormonism is just incapable of good art. And I defy any of you to show me how I'm wrong. There's some nice music that has like some layer in depth to it, and and is able to manipulate emotions pretty well. Yeah, and I, I admit to that. Like, there's uh, d- despite myself, there's some songs uh, that I listen to from this musical that I get goosebumps, and I'm like, oh god damn it, goosebumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I like. I mean, I like. You know, this. What, you know what I'm saying? Does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying? It's like, oh, that that that's really catchy and. Speaks to my really bad nature. Of- well, also, what, what, wherever you were conditioned to get goosebumps in these areas, like your brain's been wired that way by Mormonism, right? So it touches on that, yeah. and then, and now it's just it's the nostalgia factor that gives yeah. you those goosebumps, but um, it's still there. Yeah, and those damn goosebumps are involuntary, and I feel them, and I'm like, oh no, you can't, you shouldn't feel that. Yeah, but I, but I feel them. So it's you know I my I tip my hat to Lex de Azevedo. Yeah, this is same same goosebumps I feel when I listen to the police. Is that like a dig at the police? <laughs> <laughs> Take that sting. <laughs> yeah. <we're just> there. <laughs> oh my god! Just give me goosebumps. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan from South Jordan, Utah, and I once threw away every R-rated movie I owned, thanks to a bishop. I somehow forgot Heat. I guess it's the Lord's tender mercies. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com, and if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
There are those who believe that life here began out there. Far across the universe, with a council of gods, whose work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. For as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. Some believe that infants who die here become eternal gods out there. Pretty stupid, huh? This is Infants on Thrones. Peter. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.